What is humanism? What are humanist values? What is unique about living as a humanist in Northwest Ohio? This is the place to find out. My name is Douglas Berger, and this is Glass City Humanist. Do you know you don't really need to spend years going to medical school to become a doctor in order to affect the health of people? All you need is to be elected to the state legislature. In this episode, I want to talk about the Ohio legislature's arrogant push to override the public health orders made by Governor DeWine during our current pandemic. And then finally, I will talk about a good proposed law that will protect women trying to obtain an abortion in Toledo. Normally, a uh, natural disaster uh, will bring out the best in people. For example, uh, we just this past week had a sizable snowstorm uh, hit our area. And uh, of course, then they had the on the news, the obligatory pictures of uh, passerby strangers uh, pushing cars that of other people that they didn't know, pushing them out of the way or helping them uh, get out of a driveway or even shoveling their walk um, and that sort of thing. You see that a lot. Uh, flooding, uh, people rescue other people with their boats. Uh, uh, somebody is hungry, they'll donate food. You know, you'll see this constantly, and that's what we're told. We're told that, that we do that, that uh, that's the one great thing about being human, is that we take care of people in need. Um, a natural disaster that's been playing out for the past year now, uh, the COVID-19 pandemic, has also shown <laughs> the worst in people. Um, I'm... I was surprised. I really was. I was surprised. I, I knew that there would be some people that uh, would be uh, not th- taking it seriously. I knew that some people would be ga- trying to game the system. I knew that there would be some people that would ignore the rules. I was just shocked at how many people it was. Um, we had a uh, in the Ohio State House, uh, they were considering a bill um, that would allow the state legislature to override public health orders issued by the governor and the Department of Health. Uh, that in itself is just mind-blowing, that a state legislature thinks that it knows better than people who actually work with viruses, and that they would be able to decide, you know, it's not so bad. We can uh, do away with these emergency powers. Um, and But it wasn't just that, um, because one, one side in the legislature has politicized the pandemic uh, pretty much since day one. Um, and so that wasn't a surprise. The surprise was that... The, when it, the bill was in committee, they allow written and in-person testimony uh, for people that uh, are proponents that support the, the bill, opponents, people that are against the bill, and uh, interested parties where they don't take a position or, or maybe they take a position but they're not allowed to, you know, like if it's a 5013C group. 
And so they'll write a letter saying, you know, we're an interested party. This is why. Um, so what surprised me was that this bill, it was uh, Senate Bill 22, had probably at least 30 to 40 individuals either in person or they wrote testimony about how the pandemic has negatively affected them. Um, they've lost a job. Uh, they've had their, their uh, hours cut. Uh, their businesses have taken a massive hit. And instead of, you know, <laughs> telling the state we need to do more to, to mitigate the pandemic, they were actually uh, supporting a bill that would allow the state legislature, which has already politicized the response, to do away with all the restrictions so that they could go back to work. Because obviously they're not sick. They don't know anybody that's sick. So why are they being punished for a pandemic that doesn't affect them? And it just shocked me about how selfish and, and arrogant that that position is. I mean, the the legislators that support the bill are just just arrogant, thinking that they know better than medical science. But again, that's not a surprise in the Ohio legislature. And then it just shocked me how many people came forward, and and it wasn't so much that that they were complaining that uh, they were negatively impacted by the public health orders, but that they were expressing already debunked, long debunked misinformation. Uh, for example, one of them I read, uh, somebody tried to claim that masks, the, the masks that everybody's been wearing, the, the uh, cheap uh, masks, the surgical masks, uh, are made of plastic, and if you, <laughs> and it restricts breathing. None of that is true. None of it. It, the scientists have debunked it. The manufacturers have debunked it. I've de debunked it because I wear a mask everywhere I go. It does not restrict breathing. And, and so they're talking about that. The, then there was, a, there was a pediatrician that actually was telling lawmakers in this committee hearing that there was no evidence of the effectiveness of masks. That is incorrect. And she's a pediatrician. Uh, it just, uh, just boggled my mind. It just, and, and I'm sad. I'm really sad for, for us as Americans and, and, and citizens of the world that the supposed greatest country in the world would be full of people that express fake information about science and medical science and that they're basing their decisions on that. Um, I just don't know what else to do. I really don't. Um, and as a humanist, it just, it's take, it's hard for me to wrap my head around it because as a humanist, you know, we do, uh, the altru altruism, you know, we talk about altruism. Um, and that is the selfless concern for the welfare of other living beings without expectation of reward, recognition, or return. And that we think that the collective welfare of our communities and society 
depends on the welfare of each individual person. So when I'm out, in the rare cases that I'm out of the house, and I'm wearing a mask, I'm socially distancing, I'm washing my hands, I'm doing that because I care about the welfare of the other people in my community. Uh, it's not about me not getting sick. That helps. But if I should happen to be a carrier, an asymptomatic carrier, I don't want to give it to somebody else. And so that's why I wear a mask. And I just, I, it's just hard for me to understand how that's a simple concept that people have turned basic human dignity and care for your fellow persons into a politicized uh, jumping beam that it that just causes these deep divisions. I mean, <laughs> there just seems to be more divisiveness about public health orders than there was over the uh, insurrection at the Capitol on January the sixth. It just, it just, you know, you get more protests and and letters to the nasty letters to the editor. And, and I wrote a letter to this committee as part of the Secular Humanists of Western Lake Erie and uh, uh, opposing the bill. And, you know, and that, that's the, the point that I wanted to make was that, you know, there are people dead. There's thousands of Ohioans that are dead from this virus. It is real. It is hurting people. And I also acknowledge that the public health orders negatively impact people. Um, you know, you also have this other faction of parents who are trying to get their kids to go back to school. Um, and then they claim that the students are suffering severe mental health issues. Uh, in fact, some of them suggested that there's been widespread increase in suicides because kids can't go to school, which on the face of it sounds ridiculous. Um, there has been one or two studies, initial studies that have come out that, that remote learning students with remote learning have uh, been depressed or having other mental health issues. Um, and that isn't so much that they're not in school, but the isolation and the, the, uh, the uh, lockdown and not being able to talk to your friends. I get that too. But the thing is, we've got to do this 100% to mitigate the disease, to mitigate the virus. And if we do that, then we can stop doing these restrictions. But that's not how it's been going. What's been, what's been going on is people have complained about the restrictions. They've made it political. Uh, the governor has had a lack of a, a spine in, in standing up to these people um, and has whittled away at the restrictions. And then we had a surge in the fall, which everybody said, we're going to have a surge if you reduce these restrictions. And that's what happened. If you look at other countries where they had a complete lockdown, they've pretty much gone back to normal um, in, in certain cases. Uh, 
they're able to have hotspot lockdowns now where they'll get a, a cluster of cases show up somewhere and they lock that area down. You know, so they went from a national lockdown to to uh, putting out fires. Okay, and so everybody else is kind of similar has gone back to normal. And now we have the vaccines that are coming out. Uh, hopefully, people a lot more people will be vaccinated by by the end of the summer, going into the fall, and that will help too. But I mean, we'll still have to wear masks. We'll still have to socially distance for a time. Uh, because there's going to be some people that don't, that haven't been vaccinated. Um, even people that are vaccinated might be still carrying the virus and they could still transmit it to people who aren't vaccinated. Uh, but, you know, we could have gone to a complete lockdown like we had at the beginning of the pandemic here in Ohio. And we could have been out of it by now, the, the whole lockdown and just did the, the, the different, you know, if a cluster comes up, go here, go here, go here. Now we still have to <laughs> have these restrictions and now people are still complaining. But anyway, so I just kind of wanted to talk about that, you know, that as a humanist, I am sad uh, the way people are acting because of these public health orders and restrictions. Um, and I hope that in the future, one, once we write the histories, the history of this, this year or more, you know, that we're able better to reflect on what we did wrong and what we did right and try to do what's right rather than what's wrong. And so you know, that's what I've been thinking about, about the pandemic this week. This is Doug Berger for the Secular Humanists of Western Lake Erie. We provide a supportive, diverse local community for humanists and other non-theists while promoting ethical and reasonable secular worldviews through education, community service, outreach, activism, and social events. If you live in the greater Toledo area or Northwest Ohio in general, check out our website at humanistwle.org. Have you ever gone to a doctor's office or a medical clinic and get out of your car and head into the building and be accosted by people wanting to refer you to a different doctor or hand you literature explaining why the doctor that you're going to see you shouldn't be seeing? That rarely happens, if at all, in this country today except if you want to get an abortion. Here in Toledo, we have one uh, abortion clinic left in the city. Um, it is on Sylvania Avenue, and it is a building. It looks like it might have been a gas station at one point, and so it is pretty close to the street. Uh, the the um, uh, spaces for the cars are pretty close to the street and the sidewalk is pretty close to the building. And so they've been having uh, providing abortion services at this clinic for many years, several years. And 
during that time, they've had people protesting on the sidewalk outside the clinic. Now, I don't have anything against people protesting. You know, I think that is very good. It's part of democracy to have a chance to protest, uh, to air your grievances against the government or, or, um, if there's a business that you don't agree with, you know, protesting it. Now, where I have a problem is, is when you step over that line and you violate somebody's personal space to either berate them or intimidate them to not go into a business. That, that is totally wrong. And so they've had these people, these religious people, most of them uh, part of the uh, Christian nationalists in the city. Uh, um, a lot of them are uh, Catholics. Uh, there's a Catholic church uh, several blocks down the one of the side streets next that's at the corner of this this clinic and every year they have uh their anti-abortion celebration and they have a march from the church to the clinic and they make a big spectacle out of it i don't have a problem with that they can do that i think it's dumb but that's what they do okay now what some of these people that are on the sidewalk are doing though are when a woman arrives to the clinic and gets out of her car, they are stepping into the, onto the property and accosting the women. They're trying to give them literature. They're trying to tell them not to kill their babies. Um, if the woman uh, refuses to listen to them and says, hey, back off, then they start calling them names, baby killer, um, things like that. And so these women have to run this gauntlet. Um, the clinic has escorts. Uh, these are volunteers. Uh, if you go, when the clinic is open and you go there, um, you can uh, see the escorts. They have these uh, reflective vests on. Uh, they carry, some of them carry umbrellas. And they open in the umbrella to block the protesters from getting close to the women. And in the past, these protesters have taken it upon themselves to come onto the clinic's property to get close to these women because you can, because it's, it doesn't take much effort. You just kind of take a few steps, maybe three or four steps forward. You're on the property and you're close to the women. And so the clinic has been calling the police on these protesters uh, for trespassing. Uh, naturally, they tell them, I've called the police. The protesters retreat to the sidewalk, which they're allowed to be on. And the police show up and then they shrug because they can't do anything unless the person won't leave. They've left. There's no more trespassing. So it's been like this, this song and dance for years where these protesters would uh, step over line after line after line. And so the clinic and supporters of the clinic have convinced the Toledo City Council to introduce an ordinance called the Patient Safety Ordinance. And if this ordinance is passed, 
It would enact a new section of the Toledo Municipal Code, making it a misdemeanor to obstruct a person's access to reproductive health facilities. And so if this were to be law, and this would happen again where a protester would cross over to the property and violate a woman's personal space, then they could call the cops and file a complaint and charge them with a misdemeanor, which could possibly be a $1,000 fine, uh, several days in jail, um, that sort of thing. So it put a little bit more teeth into getting the police to actually do their job. Um, the, the ordinance I feel, and as, uh, as speaking for the, our group, the ordinance is needed because of, I, and I've seen some of this, I've seen some of these protesters, they just get over dramatic and do this. And so I saw this, uh, last week. Yeah, it was last week. There was a press conference by this group called the Foundation for Life. Um, I had never heard of them until this, until this press conference, but I, I checked some of it out. And basically it's kind of like a found people that give money for, uh, anti-abortion groups, uh, right to life, uh, greater Toledo, right to life, that sort of thing. Anyway, so this Foundation for Life was having a press conference. And one of the people that are speaking at the press conference uh, was Peter Range. And he's the director of the Office of Life and Justice at the Roman Catholic Diocese of Toledo. And during this press conference, he freely admitted, and, and I should tell you that this press conference that the Foundation of Life was having was to oppose the Toledo ordinance, the police, uh, patient safety ordinance. But so this Peter Range admitted, freely admitted, that he has accosted women at the clinic multiple times, even after being rebuffed. And he freely admitted that he never takes no for an answer. Uh, they had this uh, one woman, um, African-American woman, uh, give her testimony about being having her baby being saved by Peter Range after he had accosted her three times. So he came up to her once. She said, get lost. He came up to her again. She said, get lost. Then he came up to her a third time and she's like, oh, well, let me listen to you. Okay. In any other circumstances, <laughs> a man acting that way towards a woman would warrant a visit from the police and maybe even bring, being arrested. But because he is trying to save a fetus, he feels he has a right to do it. And what gives people like Peter Range the right to insert themselves into the medical decisions of women they meet on the street? They aren't even licensed healthcare providers. What about the woman's right to be left alone? And what about her right to medical privacy that in any other case is protected by law? You know, this would be like, some, like somebody being, uh, protesting a man getting a vasectomy, uh, you know, it never happens. It just only happens with women. And to be honest, most of these protesters are men. Uh, the leadership is men. Um, 
not naturally there's some women involved, but not very many. Um, and so the, the, this foundation for life was complaining that this, this ordinance would violate their first amendment, right? Well, you don't have a first amendment, right? To prevent somebody from getting medical care. You don't, <laughs> um, the order ordinance won't make people like Peter Range stop protesting abortion. Um, women against abortion won't be, be compelled to get one. But what it will do is will help women who are trying to exercise their legal right to health care free from having to run a gauntlet that exists simply because the clinic happens to be close to the street. Because I'll tell you, if, if this was just a... a a different kind of, um, if this business was located in a different area, there would be greater distance. There'd be like a larger parking lot that they would not be able to go on. And so there'd be a greater distance. So they wouldn't be able to accost these women. They should not be allowed to accost the women. Um, and like I said, the Christian nationalists that make up a majority of these protesters aren't licensed to offer medical information. And in most cases, they, they mislead the women. They give false and misleading information and try to lure them uh, to a pregnancy resource center, which happens to be around the corner of this clinic. And I can tell you, too, that these people would be quite upset if members of the secular humanists of Western Lake Erie were to stand outside their churches every Sunday and holiday and try to inform the congregants about atheism or other religious alternatives and tell them that they're wrong. And in fact, I know the police would stop us from doing it, even if we were on a sidewalk, because they just get a call from the church and the cops would just move us along. But they don't do that with this abortion clinic. The, the police just kind of throw their hands up. Shouting at and violating a person's personal space is rude. And because this clinic has to have escorts and these protesters refuse to let these women enter and exit the clinic unmolested, we need this proposed ordinance. So if you do agree with this uh, view of this ordinance and you live in Toledo, I suggest that you contact your uh, elected officials, your con uh, council person, and let them know that you want them to support this ordinance. Because, well, like I said, these, these protesters, they just, they just don't have a clue. They just don't know when to not do it. And we need to help these women. Thank you for listening to this episode of Glass City Humanist. For further information, notes, and links used in the show, check out the episode page at glasscityhumanist.show. The show is written and produced by Douglas Berger, and he is entirely responsible for the content. Comments and complaints can be left on the website or sent by email to listenercomments at glasscityhumanist.show. We are sponsored in part by the Secular Humanists of Western Lake Erie 
and they can be reached at humanistswle.org. The theme music used on Glass City Humanist is Your Call by Kevin McLeod from filmmusic.io and is licensed through creativecommons.org as Attribution 4.0 International. See you next time.